0: All right, if you turn it with me in your Bible, we are going to start in Philippians. Philippians 3 is where we're going to start. But today, I just want to talk to you about hurting with hope. Because, you know, a lot of times in life, you're going to be hurting. That's a real positive thing to hear. But if you hadn't figured that out, like... There will be pain and you will be hurting. But I want you to know that you can hurt with hope. That even in the middle of your deepest, darkest pain, like you can still have hope because God has a plan. And that's, you can still have faith and hope for the future. So, we as believers, as Christians that believe in God and we believe that Jesus lives inside of us, that means that we have the ability to hurt to yes, be in pain, but to still have hope because we know that the future is better than the pain that we're currently in. So what does that mean? It means even in the middle of pain or brokenness, I have the faith or trust God enough to know that it's working, like He'll use it. It's working. Even if I can't see it, even if I can't feel it, He's working. And that gives me hope for the future. Just that simple thing of knowing and trusting God enough that He can work it all together for my good, that's enough to give me hope. Hope for a future. See, you were created in God's image, the image of the Creator. You were created to create. what separates us from animals is that a human can have a dream, a vision, a hope of something that is to come, and then we can materialize that dream. Like we can start taking steps to walk that out, walking towards that dream and make it happen. My dog in my backyard on my shock collar fence I don't, she can't have a dream or a vision to change the world and then materialize that dream or vision. No, she just lives in the backyard and she's happy as long as she's petted and gets good food and water. And But as humans, we can dream and hope for the future. To live the life you were created to live, you need to choose the future. You can choose the past. You can choose to focus on the pain. You can choose to focus on failures. But I'm telling you today, to live the life that you were created to live, you need to choose the future. You need to choose hope. Choose what God has for you. Life is full of choices. Life is all about choices. You make them every day. Most of y'all chose to be here today. Or most of you. Life's full of choices. And there are choices that are essential to survival. Right There are some choices like breathing that you don't even think about. I mean you can choose to stop breathing for a minute, seconds. Some people, insane people can just stop breathing till they pass out. Like but it's a choice. Like you have to breathe. You can choose to eat or not eat. But if you choose not to eat for too long, it's going to kill you. Like what do you want to eat? You pick. If if I didn't marry Jesse, I don't know if she'd ever be able to decide what to eat. <laughs> Stop and grab something to eat real quick. Yeah, sure. Okay, Jesse, what do you want? Oh, it doesn't matter. You pick. Start pulling into a drive-through. Oh, not he- here. Oh. Uh. Oh, okay. Here, let me get back on the road, and I. Uh, what about uh, over there, uh, I guess if that's what you really want. You said you don't care, you pick. But li- <laughs> life's made up of choices. We make choices every day, big choices, little choices. Some are needed choices, some are, doesn't matter. And sometimes we say that it doesn't matter when it does matter. Hashtag Jesse. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jesse and Peggy. So, my question is: What's the most important thing you can understand? I think it may be this. Your life will be the sum of the choices that you make. And not just the big ones. It could be the big ones, the small ones. Right, like think about it. you choose to love. Love's a choice. So you choose who you will love and who you won't love. You choose to be afraid or not. You choose to be offended or not. You choose to be alone or to be in relationship. You choose whether you will give or be stingy. You choose whether you will worship or not. These are all choices. Your life is summed up by the choices that you make on a daily basis. Big ones and small ones. You get to choose. You get to choose pain or purpose in the same situation. You can choose joy, and you can choose hope. I talked about that a minute ago. But hope is a powerful thing. And by choosing hope, you're choosing the future because hope can't exist in the past. By just by choosing hope, you choose the future. There is no hope in the past. Whatever happened, happened. I don't hope that something happens back in 1993. Either it did or it didn't. Or, But there's no hope in the past. We're past that. Hope is always tied to the future. I have this hope as an anchor for my soul. We have this hope. And if you lose hope, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dark place to live a life with no hope. Hope is tied to the future. You get to choose past or future. You know somebody, I know it's not you, but you probably know somebody that's stuck in the past, right? They don't have any hope. Because all they can think about is the past. What happened? Whether good or bad. All right. It could be the glory days of the past. Or it could be some horrible thing that happened in the past. And I'm going to take away from that. But you can't be tied to that. That can't be your main focused, focus, focused. I don't know why. Okay. Look at Exodus 14. 10 through 15. I know I told you I was turning somewhere else first, but I want to read you this scripture real fast. Exodus 14. Remember when Moses was called to go and get the children of Israel out of slavery and get them from Pharaoh, and then they they ran across the desert, and they got real scared because Pharaoh and the most powerful army in the world was chasing after them and had them cornered against the Red Sea. Here's what happened. As Pharaoh approached... The Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here into the desert to die? Was there not enough graves back in Egypt to bury us, or you brought us out here to die and get slaughtered and killed? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Turned on Moses. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Like, they were upset. This guy just saved you from slavery. You are slaves. And he followed, I mean, God did it through him. But he was obedient and came in and he led you out of slavery. And now this is how you're talking to him? We told you to leave us alone. Would you brought us out here to die? Let us serve the Egyptians. We'll just go back to slavery. Freedom's not all it's cracked up to be. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians or to be slaves than to die in the desert. Would it? Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Hey, y'all are choosing fear. God called us here. We're walking in obedience. This is a choice. You're choosing to panic. You're choosing fear. That's the first thing Moses said to them. Hey, don't be afraid. Well, that tells you it's a decision. Hey, you're letting that feeling control you right now. You're jabbing me. You're attacking leadership because you're choosing fear. Hey, don't be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today... You will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Why are you praying? God said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Hey, why are you praying? That's kind of a weird thing to hear from God. God said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. He said, hey, go. Move. Get up. Take a step. Why are you praying? It's time to make a move. Don't just sit there praying your whole life. Because at some point, as you choose the future, it will require you to take a step. You, you can't just pray about it from now on. At some point, you're going to have to get enough faith and hope in the future to where you take a step. God said, okay, Moses, I hear you. All right, stop praying and go. Take a step. Let's do this. I'm ready. I got it planned, but you need to. All right, that's cool. Let's move. You tell the people, get ready to move. Get ready to walk into your future. Why be still? See, they were backing up. In their minds and in their fear, they were trying to go right back to slavery. They were running backwards rather than chasing the future that God had for them then running toward the hope and the promised land and the purpose. See, they were letting fear cause them to run backwards. There was no hope back in Egypt as slaves. There's no hope for the future of their children and their grandchildren. No, They lost hope. They were running backwards. That's what fear will do to you. And You will run away from the future that God has for you and your family and your and your generations, and their children, and their children, and their children, and their children. Fear will cause you to run. Paul said it like this in Philippians three twelve. This is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Look what Paul says. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect... But I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He said I'm not there yet. I'm sure not perfect. But I'm chasing after it. The word perfect is mature. Paul said I'm not mature I'm not mature yet. Right? I'm not where I want to be, but I'm I'm running hard after it. Look at 13 Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, if I don't get anything else right, Paul said, there's one thing I do, I got this one figured out, forgetting those things which are behind, right? I don't allow myself to get stuck in the past because I know I got to keep moving forward. I know if I allow myself to get stuck in the past and I can't forget those things that are behind and find some healing and move on, I know that I'll never see the future that God has for me. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. What's he saying? I focus on the future. I focus on the hope, even if right now is pain. Paul's writing this letter from prison. Pain. Something he didn't even deserve. Paul's like, I'm not focused on the past. Like yesterday when they stripped me naked and beat me to a pulp and threw me in this prison. For doing the right thing. No. (laughs) One thing I knew. I'm looking forward. I'm reaching. Paul said, reaching forward. To those things which are before. I press Sometimes it's a press. Sometimes it's hard to fight for the future. Sometimes everything in you wants to just run. Sometimes everything in you wants to just feel the pain. But you got to press. I press toward the mark. For what? For the prize. What's the prize? The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's your purpose. That's the thing that He's placed inside you. Where the thing that you're passionate about. The thing that will change the world. The thing that will connect you to the body of Christ. And, and to other humans. And the thing that will touch people that need you. Your giftings and your talents. and It's your calling. It's your purpose. It's, it's what He made you for. Your giftings. Will get you paid, but your calling's why you were made. Forgetting the past and pressing for the prize. What is that? It's choosing the future, it's choosing hope, no matter what right now looks like. If you're stuck in the past or if you're just letting life happen, I'm live and let live. I'm just going to let whatever happens. Hmm. Then you'll lose perspective. And you'll live in fear. And you're going to want to quit more times than not. You're just going to feel, why am I even doing this? Why? Going through another day, going through the motions. No passion, no drive, no. Hmm. You'll want to quit. Following Jesus is measured one step or one moment at a time. Every day. Those little moments. Every step you take. What do they say? The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. It takes a step. It's every day. That's obedience. Long, steady walk in the same direction. My pastor says. obedience and in the kingdom we don't measure success by wins and losses success can only be measured by obedience we obey what God tells us to do and it's measured one step one moment at a time every moment counts you ever heard of the moment of truth? This is the moment of truth. So, are all other moments a lie? This one, we're going to get to the truth now. Or a defining moment. We've talked some about defining moments, like we all have these defining moments in our life where something huge happens, something big happens, something pivotal happened, something good happened. That completely changed the course of our life or something really bad happened or something really hard happened that forced us into addiction or some i mean it could be either way it could be something really good or really bad or or something that just changed the course of where we were headed in a career but it's a defining moment and we look back on our life and we probably all have at least a handful of moments that we can look back at and say, yep, that's when it all started. That's when things, things really changed after that moment. Things got a little different. And defining moments and ordinary moments, and we end up talking about the defining ones more. The definition of a defining moment is an occasion... When something important happens that tests someone or something, and that will have an effect on their future. A defining moment. It's a moment that will have an effect on your future. What will you do when life hits you with a defining moment? Psychologists say that you'll do one of two things fight or flight. When something happens, when a big moment happens, psychologists can categorize you into two different categories. Either you will run from the situation or you will fight. I think what you do in the ordinary moments prepares you for the defining ones. Like what you do every single day and every single moment and, and when you choose to be obedient whether you feel it or not and what you do in those ordinary moments is what prepares you for when a defining moment hits. It's just automatic. You know what to do. I've heard people say Daniel didn't start praying when he got put in the lion's den. You don't start when you're in crisis. Every day, every moment, even the ones that seem like they don't count, they count because they're preparing you. If you always run away, every time there's something hard and you set up that pattern, it's really hard to break it. If you always see the pain... Instead of looking for purpose, instead of looking for precious, if, if you, in every situation, you find the negative, or you find the pain, or you find what's wrong, then it just becomes natural. You, you train your brain to do that. You become an expert. Say after you do something for 10,000 hours, you become a, an expert or, for, or a professional so that's a sad thing, but some of us are professionals at picking out the bad in a situation. Man, you're good at it. You can go into Walmart and pick out the bad. You can come into church and pick out the bad. You can pick out the bad in your marriage. You can... That's not something I want to be a professional at. Because we can choose to find purpose. We can choose to find precious. We can choose to to find the good it's about our focus we can't control the moment but we can control our focus there will be a lot of moments in your life that you can't control they're out of your control but you can always control your focus what you choose to zoom in on what you choose to magnify, what you choose to focus on. So today, where's your focus? Lots of marriages fail because they lost focus. I think we put so much emphasis on falling in love. Oh, are y'all in love? Are you in love? You need to fall in love so y'all can get married and live happily ever after put more emphasis on falling in love than staying in love let me let me just ask you this question is it easier for you to fall in a mud puddle or stay in a mud puddle I'd say it's a lot easier to fall in a mud puddle in fact we usually don't even choose to fall it no no You stay, right? You choose to stay. That's how relationship works. Yeah, I mean, you choose to stay. You choose to work on it. You choose to not lose focus. Falling just happens. But staying takes effort. I think churches fail because they lose focus. All kinds of things can fail if they lose focus. So Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus Jesus said, I, I took up my cross, and as my followers, you will have a cross or a purpose that you'll have to take up. Jesus is the name that's above every name. So Jesus is bigger than your fear. He's bigger than anything that you're afraid of. We used to... Well, we still do sometimes, but... Our boys um, growing up... Malachi and Titus... They're mostly grown out of it, but Skye still has some issues sometimes. But if they would get scared at night we would always tell them, just pray. Jesus, We always try to teach the boys, like, prayer is just talking to God. Talk to Him like your friend's sitting there. Just pray. And it's not that you would pray for God to take the fear away. God, take this fear away. God, I need you to take this fear away. No, it's just because I remember Sky would ask sometimes, like, be afraid in his room and he would ask like, well, what do I pray? What's the prayer I pray? Doesn't matter. Just start talking to God. Why? Because it'll change your focus. Because he's bigger than the fear and all you're doing is focusing on the fear and it's just getting worse. But if you change your focus and you focus on something bigger than the fear, you focus on God, doesn't really matter what you pray. You can pray for your friends or family or pray that God blesses you with a new bicycle. It doesn't It doesn't matter. What it's going to do is change your focus. I'll tell you what. What doesn't work... I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. <laughs> there are no monsters. There are no kidnappers smashing in the window. There's no monster in my closet. It doesn't have sharp teeth. It, it doesn't have a big, ugly, green hair like... That don't work. That makes it worse. What's my positive confession? Well, I'm positive it ain't working. You'll keep on repeating it. No. Change your focus. Change your focus to something bigger than the fear. Don't just sit there talking about the fear. Don't just sit there talking about the negative thing. Don't just sit there talking about that, the storm, the... Talk about the the positive confession. Romans 4.17 tells us to call those things that are not as though they were. It does not say call those things that are as though they were not. I call those things that are not as though they were. I was trying to make sure I didn't say it wrong now that I So, where's your focus today? In the moment of truth, where will your focus be? In the defining moment, where is your focus? Can I tell you while we're on moments to to cherish the moments? Because they go by real fast. now that i'm an old fella i'm starting to realize how fast it goes it goes too fast cherish the moments even the ones that don't seem that special i cherish the ball games and the the hugs and the meals and the because it goes real fast Don't waste a moment. If you will focus, even times that you fall can be cherished. Because your faith and your trust grew. Look at Joshua 3, and we'll close here. I was going to go to Matthew after that, but we'll, we'll close in Joshua. So, you know, we started out talking about Moses when Moses went and got the children of Israel out of slavery and he led them. And then they just kind of wandered through the desert all this time. And then Moses and all that whole generation died except for Joshua and Caleb. And, and Joshua becomes the new leader. And Joshua was about to lead them into the promised land, into the purpose, into the future that God had for his people. Right. And you know what was in front of them? What was the barrier? Another large body of water that they couldn't cross. In this season that we're living in today in 2020 and uh, COVID and uh, political stuff and racial injustice and everything that's going on. In this season of uncertainty. It'll produce fear or faith. It's up to you. You choose what it'll produce in you. Fear or faith. Is God working in it and through it? Are you growing? Is it a launching pad toward the future and the purpose that God has for you? Or are you choosing fear? Or are you choosing to back up? Or are you choosing to run back to Egypt? I wish it was I wish it was just back like it was. I thought at the beginning of the year we're gonna have 2020 vision and now that I could see good, I wish I couldn't see anymore. I like got 2020. Everybody say, 2020, yeah, 20, the year of vision, yeah, and then ah! that's not what I thought it looked like. You just got a pair of glasses. And we can see things that have been there that maybe we didn't see. I don't know. That's not in my notes. Let's get back to the notes. It's up to you fear or faith. You see, I refuse to let my past moments be my best moments. There was a time when Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, and they had to cross the Jordan. They crossed up Jordan, no. They had a large body of water called the Jordan River that they had to cross over. It's okay because they had already done this in the past. Their parents had all done this in the past, right? Remember we read it at the start of this message. It's as if they knew what to do next. Because Moses and all their grandparents, they had already done this. And, and they had seen God through come through in a big way. They knew how it works. Oh, yeah, we know. Moses lifts up a rod. or Now our new leader, Joshua, he'll pray, talk to God, figure it out. He'll tell us to quit whining and stop being afraid. It's time to move. Then he'll hold up the rod. The sea parted. And we walked across on dry land. Yeah, we heard that from my mama and my daddy and my grandma. I know how this works. They knew what they were supposed to do next. Show up. The, the leader does his thing and, and we walk across on dry land. And God said, Nope. Nah. It's gonna look a little different this time. What? Nope. Going to be different. You know what? To walk into your future now, I'm going to require a little bit of faith, hope, trust. I'm going to require something more out of you this time. Look what happened. Verse 8 And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the amorites and the jebusites behold the ark of the covenant of the lord of all the earth passeth over before you into jordan now therefore take ye 12 men out of the tribes out of the 12 tribes of israel of every tribe of man pick some leaders some representatives and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. Oh, yeah. He's reminding them, remember how powerful God is. Remember, we're talking about the Creator, the all-powerful God, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above. They shall stand upon a heap Okay, so far sounded pretty much like what happened with Moses. Got it. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents. Everybody get out of your tent. Come on. They were all told to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were coming to the Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. That the water that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap, very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaratan. And those that came down towards the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, coming from the ocean, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. Okay. If you do a little bit of research and look into it, this city of Adam that is talking about, where the water stood up and stopped, was 18 miles from Jericho. 18 miles away. So, wait a second. After the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, where God was at that time, and all these people were following on Joshua's word, and they're all expecting it to look like it did with Moses, where the leader walks up and, and then we've all seen the movie. And the water parts and the ground's dry, and they all, and they're playing tambourines and stuff as they walk across with their goats on leashes. That's what they thought was about to happen. They come up to the water and it's overflowing and it's this rushing river and they can't even see to the other side and they're like, oh God, is it going to work? Mama said it worked. Daddy said it worked. And the priests start walking in and nothing happening. Priest's sandals go underwater. They got the ark up on their shoulders and they're going in deeper and deeper and trying to hold for the current. And at that moment, their obedience triggered God's hand, but it was 18 miles away. That was an instant. I'm not sure how long it would take, but if you threw up a dam 18 miles away, it's still going to take a minute for that 18 miles worth of river to run on past. That's going to take a little bit of faith. That takes a little bit of hope for the future. Trust in God to take a step in the river and it doesn't stop flowing. And to walk on down in the river and stand firm. The priest had to just try to stand there and hold the ark. You don't want to be the guy that dropped the ark in the rushing river. You lost God. I don't want to be that guy. Mary and Joseph lost Jesus, which I guess is close to the same thing, but you don't want to be the priest that lost God. So they had to just stand. The Message Bible says it like this, just as a couple verses. The flow of water stopped. It piled up in a heap a long way off. So yeah, God did what He said, but it wasn't where we thought He was going to do it or when we thought He was going to do it. It was a long way off at Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the river went dry all the way down to Arba, the sea, the salt sea. And the people crossed facing Jericho. Why? Because he needed his people to beat fear, not be afraid, to trust, to step out into the uncertainty, to to keep moving forward. You see, with Moses, I think it's interesting that, that with Moses, the fear was behind them. The fear was chasing them. So he taught them to deal with that. Right, to deal with that past fear coming. Well, now with Joshua, so they can enter into the land, the fear's in front of them. Because, you know, when they cross, there's Jericho. The fight was over there where they were headed. With Moses, the fight was back there. So he taught him with Moses to deal with the fear and don't be controlled by the fear that's coming from your past, that's running up behind you from where you've been, what you've been through, from your slavery. But now with Joshua, it's almost like God saying to walk in the land that I have for you, to walk in the call that I have for you. Now I'm going to need you to beat the fear of the uncertainty of the future. I need you to beat the fear of the giants that are to come. I need you to walk in your freedom because in the future there's going to be more giants and you have to keep choosing the future. You can't retreat. You can't run back. And, And it may not come instantly, but that's where faith and hope and trust come in. When you step in the water, your foot might get wet. Keep on stepping. Don't stop. Don't back back out because there's a whole bunch of people tied to your obedience. There's a million people following them. Keep on stepping. Keep going. God said, I need you to take the first step. I'll do the work. I'll do it. But this time, I want you all to take the first step, even when you don't see it. That's faith. What was he teaching his people? A new thing. God was calling them to a new future, into the great adventure. And he's calling you today. God's always pushing us forward. And the only time we're supposed to look back is when we use the past. You know, if you learn to use your past as a testimony, if you use your past, it loses the power to use you. We're only supposed to use the past to look back. Use it like it's a slingshot. We look back in the moments that He showed up the moments that He was active and the moments that He was so real and the moments that He saved our life and and as we look back at the moments where He hid Precious right in the middle of a bunch of pain and we look back or we remember that's what it is to look back and it pulls us back, pulls us back, we remember His faithfulness, it pulls us back, we remember the The precious, but then what? Like the slingshot, we let go. And the two bands of faith and hope, they shoot us forward into the future, further than we could ever go. Because we're not stuck in the past. In fact, our past and the way that God worked through it is used to shoot us even further into our future, into our purpose that God has for us. So yeah, look back. Yeah, remember. Yeah, see the hand of God. Yeah, tell your story of how God worked it out as you stretch back that faith and hope. But then let go. It'll launch you into the future, a future that is better than anything you can imagine where you're fulfilled and have peace and purpose and joy. I have to believe that that's what God's up to in this moment in history. This moment in human history. I don't want my my best moments with God to be my past moments. I don't believe that. if I believed that and I got stuck on that then it would hinder the future that he has for me don't believe that your best moments with God are in the past God is doing a new thing even today, even now in you every person listening to me and he's waiting for you to have the courage to step into it he's doing it He's ready to do a new thing. Do you have the courage to step into it? Take a step. Don't get stuck. Keep moving. Let's pray. Hey, Dad, we hear you. We hear you speaking to our hearts and our minds. Forgive us for the times that that we focus on the wrong things. Forgive us for the times that that we get caught in a moment or we allow a moment to produce fear and cause us to run back into our past rather than lunge forward into the future that you've called us to. God, as we remember past hurts and pains and stories and, and things in our past, as we... Remember our past. Help us to find healing so that we can let go and be shot into the future that you have for us. God, we love you. God, thank you for working. Even if we don't see it, we're going to keep on stepping. We're going to keep doing what we know to do because we believe that every moment sets us up for defining moments. God, help us not take moments for granted. Help us to cherish the moments that you've given us. Thanks for your family and your body. Thank you for all that you're doing across the earth. And thanks for letting us be a part. We love you. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.